وَمِنْهُمْ And from them مَنْ هُوْ يَسْتَمِعُوا He listens attentively إِلَيْكَ to you Meaning there are some from the mushrikeen who listen very attentively to what you have to say, O Prophet ﷺ. The words of wisdom that you say, or the Qur'an that you recite, they're very interested in listening to you. So yastami'u. One is sami'a, and the other is istama'a. Sami'a yasma'u is to just listen. But istama'a yastami'u is to listen attentively. It's like when you are drawn towards something and you pay attention what is being said. It's like if there is a person who's not interested in music at all. They hear something, they ignore. And there is another person who is pulled towards it. So they hear something, some sound coming from, let's say, a car passing by. And what happens? They try to come closer so that they can listen. Hmm? Their heart is being pulled Why? Because of that love. So, there were some mushrikeen. And remember, mushrikeen are different. In the mushrikeen of Makkah also, there were different types of people. Some were leaders, others were followers. Some were very firm in their shirk, others were moderate. Some were very firm in their opposition to the Prophet ﷺ, and some were okay. So, some among the mushrikeen, they would come to listen to the Prophet ﷺ. Because the language, the style of the Qur'an, the expression of the Qur'an, it attracted them. And we learn about three people in particular, Abu Sufyan, Abu Jahl, and Akhnas bin Shuraik. All these three people would secretly come in the night to listen to the Prophet ﷺ reciting the Qur'an in the Hajjil. And they would listen attentively. And then when he would finish, they would try to get back home as quickly as possible in darkness so that nobody would see them. But they would run into each other. And then they would say, where were you? What were you listening to? Because obviously coming from Muhammad wasallam's house means that you were listening to him. Coming from the haram means that you were listening to Muhammad wasallam. So they would ask each other, where were you? And then they would say, oh, this is what I was doing. This is what I was doing. I was listening to him. And they would say, promise by Allah you will not come tomorrow. They would say, yes, we're not going to come again. We're not going to come again. But again, in the night they were pulled. So they would get up and they would go and listen to him. This happened repeatedly. Why wouldn't they believe? Were they not attracted to the words of the Qur'an? Were they not impressed by its eloquence? Of course. Did the words not convince them? Yes, they did. But they still didn't accept. For example, Abu Jahl, he died on his kufr. Abu Sufyan, he didn't accept Islam immediately. It was many, many years later that he embraced Islam. So what is it that prevented them? Allah says, وَجَعَلْنَا And we have made عَلَى قُلُوبِهِمْ Upon their hearts أَكِنَّةً Coverings. Plural of kinan, Something that envelops, that covers something. Okay, like a case. For example, you have a candy and it's got a wrapper. Okay, around it. So that wrapper is what? kinan, It's a covering. So just like that, their hearts are in coverings. That they should understand it. So these coverings, they prevent them from understanding the Qur'an that they hear. And in their ears, plural of udhun, is waqra, heaviness. Heaviness, a heavy weight. Okay? That prevents them from listening. That does not allow them to understand and accept what they have heard from their ears. 
You see, sometimes a person hears something, but it doesn't reach the heart. It doesn't penetrate the heart. It doesn't go in. It doesn't sink in. He hears, but he doesn't comprehend. Why? There's something preventing him. And over here also, there was something preventing the mushrikeen from accepting what they heard. What was it? It was these covers. This cover of bias, this cover of pride, this cover of prejudice against Muhammad wasallam. That if we believe in him, we will have to accept him as the Prophet. This will make his status greater than ours. And there was huge tribal, you know, you can say competition amongst the Arabs. So just because he was from the Banu Hashim, they didn't want to acknowledge him to be the Prophet. Why? Because then the status of Banu Hashim would be greater than the status of their tribes. This was the akinna, this was the bias, the pride, the prejudice that prevented them from accepting. It went in their ear, but didn't penetrate the heart. Bounced back. Bounced back. Just like that. وَفِي آذَانِهِمْ وَقْرَى In their ears is heaviness, preventing them from accepting what they heard. Because remember, summer is not just to hear, but it also is to accept. So they heard, but they wouldn't accept. وَفِي آذَانِهِمْ وَقْرَى So what does it show? That some people, despite listening to the Qur'an, they don't change. They don't accept. They don't improve. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from this because this is the worst condition that a person could be in. That the guidance is around him. He's listening to the Qur'an. But yet, it doesn't sink in. Yet, it doesn't make sense to him. If this doesn't change a person, then what will? What will? وَفِي آذَانِهِمْ وَقْرًا Now a person might wonder that if they have come, they're listening, why doesn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help them get over that bias, get over that pride, and force them to accept? Why? Because this is not the way of Allah to force people to believe. The belief has to come from where? From within. Because Islam is what? Submission. And submission requires your heart to be submissive. The change has to come from within. If a person is not willing to surrender then nothing can force him. And if Allah would change a person's heart, you know, in the sense that he doesn't want to submit, but Allah forces him to submit, then where is the test? In Surah Al-Anfal, Ayah 23, we learn, وَلَوْ عَلِمَ اللَّهُ فِيهِمْ خَيْرًا لَأَسْمَعَهُمْ If Allah knew that there was some good in them, He would have made them listen. If they had even a little bit desire to believe, to accept the truth, to change. If they had even a little bit of that desire, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would help them. Allah would definitely help them. So, if they're not accepting, then it's their own problem. وَإِن يَرَوْا And if they see كُلَّ آيَةٍ Every sign لَا يُؤْمِنُوا بِهَا They do not believe in it. They hear the words of the Qur'an coming from the mouth of the Prophet ﷺ. Imagine the most beautiful recitation. The most heart-moving recitation. That doesn't change them. They see the most clear proofs. Even that doesn't change them. They even saw the moon split before them. They saw so many miracles, yet they wouldn't accept. لَا يُؤْمِنُوا بِهَا Hatta until this hatta means that their disbelief, their denial is so severe, it has reached to such an extent, so much so 
that إِذَا وَنْ جَاءُوكَ They come to you, يُجَادِلُونَكَ They argue with you. Meaning, they are ever ready to argue with you. They don't want to accept. They don't want to listen. They don't want to see and acknowledge. But they are ever ready to argue and dispute with you. What does this mean? They don't desire guidance. They don't want to change. Because they would come and argue with the Prophet ﷺ. Why? To silence him. To stop him from what he was doing. And the Prophet ﷺ, he knew, he had their ilm. And these people didn't have ilm. What's the correct way of speaking to someone who has knowledge that you don't have? That you argue with them? No. That you ask them, that you have an exchange of thoughts, and if you disagree, clarify to them your position. But if a person is arguing, then what's the purpose? To just put the other person down, to disprove him, to silence him. It shows the pride in a person. So this was the way of the mushrikeen. Abu Jahl, for example, going in the night, listening to the Prophet ﷺ, during the day, coming to argue with him, coming to fight with him. يُجَادِلُونَكَ يَقُولُ He says, who? الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا Those who disbelieve, in هَذَا This is not إِلَّا except أَسَاطِيرُ الْأَوَّلِينَ The legends of the former people. Meaning they come to you, they argue with you, they debate with you, and the disbelievers, what's the final thing they say? That this Qur'an is nothing but the stories of the people of old. Asatir is a plural of Ustura. Sintara. And Ustura is basically a legend. A story of the people of the past that they have made up. You don't even know if it's true or not, so it's like a myth. Okay? A tale, a kavib, lies, made up stories, like for example, Cinderella, the story of Cinderella. You know that it's false, right? But it's so much narrated, there's movies, there's so many books, but it's an example of Ustura. Alright? So, they said that this Qur'an talks about the people of Ad, the people of Thamud, talks about Isa, Musa, salam, talks about Adam. This is just stories, made up stories. By who? Al-Awwaleen. Lord of Awwal, meaning the people who came before us. Awwal means first. So the former generations. They made up these stories and here Muhammad wasallam is telling us about them in the Qur'an and he says that this is from Allah. This is all lies. Now we learn in Sahih Bukhari, Anas radiallahu anhu, he narrated that there was a Christian man who became Muslim. Alright? And he read Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah Ali Imran and he knew how to write. Okay? Because he knew how to write, the Prophet ﷺ appointed him as a scribe. Someone who would record the wahi. Because the Prophet ﷺ himself, could he read and write? No, he couldn't. So when revelation would come to him in order to preserve it, in addition to preserving it in the heart, in the memory, he would also have it written down. So this Christian man who had become Muslim, he was commanded to write the revelation. Now after some time, this man, he reverted back to Christianity. He left Islam, became a Christian. And he said, Muhammad وسلم, knows nothing but what I have written for him. Meaning, I used to write everything for him. He didn't know anything. I used to tell him all these stories. He had no idea. This was something that he said. Now this man, obviously because of this, so many people were prevented from Islam because they thought, oh look, liar. His lies are all exposed. After some time, this man, he died. 
And when he died, the people buried him. They buried him and the next day they saw that his body was lying out of the grave. So they blamed the Prophet ﷺ and the Muslims for it. That you were kind of taking revenge against him. You want to humiliate him. So you dug out his grave and pulled him out and you have exposed him like this. Now they went and buried him into a much deeper grave. So that the Muslims couldn't do, according to them, the Muslims couldn't do anything to the body. But again the next day the body was out. They again blamed the Muslims. They went and dug a much deeper grave, a much more secure grave, and buried him again. The same thing happened the next day. So the people, they realized that the Prophet ﷺ, the Muslims, they're not doing this. Because they're incapable of digging a grave this deep within one night. It's impossible for any person to do that. And they knew that this was something else. So they knew that this man was a liar. He had falsely accused Prophet ﷺ. He said that these are asatirul awwaleen. This was his own kufr. So it shows to us that a person could be in the company of the Prophet ﷺ even, but if his heart does not want guidance, he could be the scribe even, someone writing the Qur'an even, but if his heart does not desire guidance, then he will be deprived of it. A huge lesson for us. Never think that, yeah, I'm a student of the Qur'an, look at my beautiful notes, I have 30 Jews waiting for me, I have 7 Jews now, they're almost full, every page is covered with beautiful notes. Not a big deal. Really it's not. It's not a big deal. What matters is the heart. There were people who wrote the Qur'an when it was first revealed, and they did not want guidance, it was taken away from them. Because this deen of Allah is very precious. Iman is very precious. It's only given to those who prove themselves worthy. If a person proves himself unworthy, undeserving of it, then Allah doesn't care. It will be taken away and given to someone who will value it. So this person, he said, this is nothing but asatirul awwaleen. Have you heard people saying this today? The Qur'an is just full of stories of the people of the past. Muhammad ﷺ learned from a Christian man. Na'udhu Billah. And he just made them up. This is something that people say today as well. And when they say such things, Allah says, وَهُمْ And they, يَنْهَوْنَ They stop. Anhu from him. وَيَنْأَوْنَ And they keep away. Anhu from him. By saying such things, first of all, what do they do? يَنْهَوْنَ Anhu. Yanahuna from Nahi, Nun Haya, which is to stop. Meaning they stop people from him, from believing in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. When they say such statements, they're in reality stopping people from believing in Islam, from believing in the Quran, from believing in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Imagine when this man must have said, Muhammad knew nothing. I am the one who told him everything. I made it all up, I would write it and I would tell him. Would this not have stopped so many people from embracing Islam? Of course. This is to keep away, meaning to keep oneself away from something. So they stop others and they also keep themselves away. They avoid. They run away themselves. Because those who came to argue with the Prophet ﷺ, many of them were leaders. So for example, Abu Jahl, he was a leader. Right? And if they're the ones who are refusing to believe, they are stopping others from believing. 
سو وہ ہوم ین ہوں نان ہو اللہ سز و ان ناٹ یو لکھون دے ڈسٹروائے اللہ انفس We know about 70 people who died at Badr. What were their names? Hmm? From among the mushrikeen. But the 70 Muslims who died at Uhud, they're all known. They're all remembered. Right? So, وَإِن يُهْلِكُونَ إِلَّا أَنفُسَهُمْ وَمَا يَشْعُرُونَ They do not even realize. So, what do we understand from this ayah? That when a person keeps away from something good, then indirectly he is also stopping others from it. And what's the result of that? A person is destroying himself. He is depriving himself. Right? If there's some good food, you don't eat it. Will your children eat it? No. Will your friend eat it? No. If you look at it and you're like, uh, pass, and you move on. The person behind you, even they will pass. They will move on. They won't eat it. That food itself is good, delicious, nutritious. Who are you depriving? Yourself. So you're doing yourself a harm. Okay, recitation. وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَسْتَمِعُ إِلَيْكَ وَجَعَلْنَا عَلَى قُلُوبِهِمْ أَكِنَّةً أَنْ يَفْقَهُوهُ وَفِي آذَانِهِمْ وَقَرًا وَإِنْ يَرَوْ كُلَّ آيَةٍ لَا يُؤْمِنُوا بِهَا ہوں Wuqifu is from waqafa, waqf, which is to stop, to pause. Right? Like for example, waqf in the recitation is what? To pause, to stop, and then continue. So wuqifu, they will be going and they will be made to stop. They will be positioned. They will be placed. Where? Ala na, right before the hellfire. Imagine The people who worshipped others besides Allah, on the Day of Judgment, Allah asks them, where are those beings whom you worship? And they say, we never worshipped anybody. We cannot find them right now. They're proven guilty. They're being taken to hellfire. As they're brought to hellfire, just before they're taken inside, 
Just imagine, just before they are taken inside, like a prisoner when he's proven guilty, just before he's taken into the prison, the last words, the last words are what? فَقَالُوا So they will say, يَا لَيْتَنَا Oh, we wish that. Laita. Laita is basically a word of tamanni, of hope. So they will say, we wish that. If only, oh would that, we could, nuraddu, we could be returned. Radal dal, rad. If only we could be returned, where? To the worldly life. Wala nukadziba. And we would not deny bi ayati rabbina. The verses, the signs, the proofs, the commands of our Lord. We would not deny them. وَنَكُونَ And we would be مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ From the believers. The last words they say before being thrown into the hellfire is what? We wish we could be returned to the dunya. We would never deny any command of Allah. We would never refuse any statement of Allah. And we would believe. وَنَكُونَ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ We would believe. These are what? Words of regret. Because there are no second chances then. And words of regret, we learn that many people will say. Many people. In the Qur'an we learn that there are some people who will say such words at the time of their death. That, oh our Lord, why did you not give us some more time so that I could give in charity and I could be a righteous person. I would do this good deed. I would do that good deed. And just like that, in the hereafter, before being thrown into the hellfire, that's exactly what some people will say. Oh Allah, if you could give us just one chance, we would prove ourselves good. We would not do what we did before. Now we have understood, we have learned our lesson. But it's too late. It's too late. The time to learn and understand is when? In this dunya. From what? From what Allah has revealed. From the message that He has sent. And if a person doesn't benefit now, doesn't bring the change now, then he will not bring that change later either. Because what do we learn? That a person does something wrong, he is not caught immediately. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Halim, the one who is very tolerant. Who is able to punish, but he does not do so immediately. He gives a person a chance. And then a person does it wrong again. Allah lets him. He gives him another chance. Some people, they realize, they do tawbah, they turn back. And some people, they continue in that way. Until death meets them. Until they're about to enter hellfire. And they say, if only we had another chance. We wish we could get one more chance. We would go to the dunya, and we would never do the wrong things that we did. Rather, we would believe. Is this wish going to be granted? Allah says, Bal rather, no, this is not going to be granted at all. Instead, what will happen? Badalahum. It will appear for them. Badalahum, meaning it will be revealed before them. It will be exposed before them. Bada is from Badal, wow. Budu, Badia is desert, because in the desert, everything is visible and exposed. So, it will become exposed. What will become exposed? What will appear to them? Ma that which kanu they used to yukhfuna they would hide min qablu before there was something that they were hiding before and now it will become evident it will become visible what is it that they hid before 
they hid their recognition of the truth. They recognized the truth of the Qur'an of Muhammad ﷺ. But yet they concealed it in their hearts. They did not acknowledge it with their tongues. Iman is what? Iman is to believe in the heart, right? To accept in the heart, to express with the tongue, and submit with your limbs, in your actions. There are many people who see the truth, who recognize it, and who keep this where? In their hearts. So they never declare with their mouths, I am Muslim, I believe in Allah, I believe in Muhammad ﷺ. They never declare such words. They are hiding something in their hearts. They don't express it. So on the day of judgment, what's going to happen? What they hid is going to be revealed. Because when they're hiding this recognition of truth in their hearts, what are they pretending? That they don't know. Right? That they don't believe. Whereas in reality, in their heart, they know what the truth is. But they're hiding it inside. So they're pretending that they don't believe. They're pretending that they don't recognize it to be the truth. So this life of pretense that they're living on the day of judgment, their reality will become visible. Let me make this clear with an example. Abu Jahl, did he not know that Muhammad was the true messenger? The Qur'an was haqq? Of course he knew, it was very clear. This is why he would come again and again to listen to Prophet Right? Likewise, Abu Talib, did he not know that Muhammad was true? Yes, he even said verses of poetry that I know that the deen of Muhammad is the best deen, the best religion. At the time of his death, the Prophet encouraged him so much to make the declaration. But did he? No, he didn't. Why? Why? Out of fear of disapproval from his tribal members and friends. Right? Out of that fear, he didn't embrace Islam. The Jewish leaders, about whom we have been learning so much in Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah Ali Imran, did they not know? Of course they knew. They saw the signs, they recognized him, yet they pretended to not know. Which is why when the people would come and ask them, is he a true messenger, what would they say? Some ambiguous answer. Not for us, maybe for somebody else. Yeah, these things, they seem to be correct. However, this and this, you know, makes us concerned. So, such statements, what did they show? That apparently, they were not convinced. Whereas in reality, in their hearts, they were fully convinced. So this conviction, this you know, the fact that they were convinced that Muhammad ﷺ was the messenger, they hid it in their hearts. They pretended that they did not recognize him. Allah says on the day of judgment, what will happen? What they used to hide is going to be exposed. Meaning it's going to become very clear that these people were just pretending that they didn't know, that they didn't recognize. And this is specifically with regards to such people and also in general. Many times we hide things in our heart and we pretend like everything's normal. We pretend we have no idea. We pretend somebody's not getting hurt because of what we're saying to them. We pretend everything's okay. We hide things in our heart and act the exact opposite. Such things will become 
apparent on the day of judgment. In Surah Al-Haqqah, ayah 18, we learn, يَوْمَئِذٍ تُعْرَضُونَ لَا تَخْفَى مِنْكُمْ خَافِيَةٌ That day you will be exhibited for judgment, and not hidden among you is anything concealed. Meaning anything that you concealed in this life, it will not remain hidden anymore. It will become exposed. So, بَلْ بَدَا لَهُمْ مَا كَانُوا يُخْفُونَ مِنْ قَبْلُ It's like you know about something, and the whole time you're pretending you don't know. And then later people find out that you knew. Isn't it embarrassing? It's embarrassing. It's humiliating. So on the day of judgment, it's much more humiliating. وَلَوْ رُدُّوا Allah says, and if they were returned, لَعَادُوا Surely they would repeat, لِمَا That which نُهُ عَنْهُ They were forbidden from. If they were given another chance, as they're wishing, and they're sent back to the dunya, what would they do? They would repeat what they were forbidden from. They would do the exact same thing again. وَإِنَّهُمْ لَكَاذِبُونَ And indeed they're liars. I mean, they're just lying that they will change. They're lying that they will believe. They're not going to change. Because they were given a long enough life with many chances in which they could change. And if they didn't change then, what gives you the guarantee that they will change later? And the fact is that if someone has a habit, a habit then it's almost impossible to break that. So Allah knows that these people are not going to change. This is why He does not give them another chance. وَقَالُوا And right now, what's the state of these people? That they say, in here, it is not. إِلَّا except حَيَاتُنَا Our life, a dunya of this world. وَمَا and not نَحْنُ بِمَبْعُوثِينَ At all wants to be resurrected. Like I told you, mushrikeen were of different kinds. Some of them believed in Allah, in idols. Some believed in the day of judgment. And others rejected the day of judgment. Okay? So this is why you will find different things that are mentioned. Some mushrikeen, they believed in the hereafter. And others, they did not. Just like today. There are many people who are not Muslim. They believe in a concept of the hereafter. And there are many others who don't. So those who don't are being mentioned. That they say that it is nothing except our worldly life. Meaning the only life that we have is just this life. This present life in this world. وَمَا نَحْنُ بِمَبْعُوثِينَ And we are not going to be resurrected. Resurrection is impossible. How is it possible? When our bones have decomposed, our bodies are lost in this world, how is resurrection possible? They say it's not going to happen. Resurrection is not going to take place. So it means that they deny the hereafter. Now the question is, who denies the hereafter? Why does a person reject the concept of the hereafter? Why? What's the difficulty in believing in the akhirah? Belief in akhirah means that you will be held accountable. And if you will be held accountable, that means that you are required to do certain things and you are not allowed to do certain things. So, it basically stops them from fulfilling their desires. They want to live a free life. Hmm? This is why they say you live only once. So enjoy how much ever you can. This is what the people of the past said and the people of today say as well. And yet we think we are so much more advanced than them. Hmm? What's the advancement? In what? In just the clothes you're wearing and the kind of food you're eating? Your thinking is the same. They said, we're not going to be resurrected. 
But resurrection will take place. The day of judgment will come. Why? Because that is what Allah's mercy demands. It necessitates that there should be a hereafter. Because this dunya we see, it's a combination of good and evil. Right? You struggle, you enjoy, but you also suffer. So shouldn't there be some kind of compensation? There are people who are good, and there are people who are bad. There are people who are fair, and there are people who are unfair. So shouldn't there be some form of compensation? Of course. Think about it. If you have put in so much effort in being a good person, and nobody appreciates you, nobody appreciates you, is that fair? It's not fair. Likewise, you have suffered a lot. There should be a compensation. So this compensation, this reward and punishment, where is that? In the akhirah. Because this life is imperfect. It is imperfect. And no person can ever be satisfied with this life. Even a person who has every wish of theirs granted, even they cannot be satisfied with this life. Because this dunya is imperfect. It is temporary. You enjoy one thing for a few moments, and after a few moments you are bored. Right? You're bored. You want to move on to something else. And this is what we see, that there are many people who are doing amazing things, but they keep moving on from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, because they can never feel 100% satisfied. Where is that satisfaction kept? In the akhirah. So those who say that this is the only life, and that we are not going to be resurrected, this is a false belief. Please listen carefully and watch attentively. What are we doing here? And where are we gonna go? It's like we just woke up one morning and then it's welcome to the show. Don't ask any questions, just go with the flow. Make as much money as you can and try your best not to get broke. Copy everything you see on the TV from the hairstyles to the clothes and don't think too often, just do exactly as you're told. And if you ever get confused, then just turn towards the alcohol. You'll still hear your thoughts, then just turn up the radio as you learn to live a lifestyle of drugs, sex, and rock and roll. But in all honesty, I just need to know, is there more to the cycle than growing and getting old? Living and dying just to leave behind a happy home and a whole lot of property that somebody else is going to own. I just really need to know before the casket's closed Cause I'm not willing to gamble with my soul Nor am I ready to take any chances These are just simple life questions And I'm just searching for some answers Like what are we doing here? And what is our purpose? How did we get here? And who made us so perfect? And what happens once we go? Or is this world all really worth it? questions we don't answer because apparently we don't really have to there's no purpose to this life and our existence is merely natural then in that case please let me ask you did you create yourself or was it somebody else who had fashioned you because you're a being that's impeccable faultless and unparalleled you're a product of supreme intelligence and i'm merely being rational 
for there isn't a camera on this earth that can come close to the human eye, nor a computer that can compete alongside the human mind. And if the whole world was to come together, we wouldn't be able to create a single fly. So many signs, yet we still deny. As science tries to justify that all this could come from none When it's a simple sum Zero plus zero plus zero cannot possibly ever give you one So from where did all this order come? But everything has its origins A maker, a creator of its own I mean the only reason you're watching this video Is because somebody had to press upload So we can believe in the Big Bang But I'd rather believe in he who caused it to explode Allah, the creator of everything along with every single soul The ever living, the master, the only one who is in control Unlike his creation, beyond our imagination And no, he's not a man nor does he have any partners in association He's on his own And no, he did not ever leave us alone Just like every manufacturer, he left us with an instruction manual the Qur'an and Islam, and I'm sorry to jump to conclusions, but it's the only one possible. The only definition of God is the one and only supreme being, it's logical. A book with zero contradictions, with miracles that are both scientific and historical. All revealed over 1400 years ago. Like the detailed description of the human embryo. The descriptions of the human embryo in the Quran cannot be based on scientific knowledge in the 7th century. To the mountains as pegs holding firm the earth below. And the two seas that don't mix in a complete separate flow. To the planets in orbit alternating night and day as they stay in flow. The expansion of the universe and the creation of everything from H2O. To the stories of the past and the preservation of Pharaoh To identifying the lowest point in the land where Persia defeated Rome The gushing fluid that created man in the glands between the ribs and the backbone And not a word has changed, it's still the same So please explain how all this was known over 1400 years ago to a man who couldn't read or write as he would recite whatever the angels spoke. And if you still don't believe, please try to come up with something that's even close. But you can't, so we took God as a mockery and his messengers as a joke. Muhammad could not read or write. Dismiss the scriptures as legends and tales of the ancient folk As we live life according to our whims, desires and hopes Saying this life is the only home we will ever know We will live then die then simply turn to bones Yo, lo, correction After the grass dies the rain arrives and it regrows And Allah promises to do the same thing to your very soul and bring you back from your very fingertips to your toes 
as the all-seeing supreme being watches us so close and we are surely being tested in our wealth, our health and our self and everything that we've been blessed with. So believe for we will surely be resurrected and be brought back to our Lord and account for every single deed as he hands us our books and orders us to read. From the bad to the good and everything in between. You yourself are sufficient for your own accountability. So don't be mad at me. You are the one who thought he wouldn't come back to me. I gave you a whole life long to search after me. But you were busy in all that which was temporary. So read. And glad tidings to all those who believed. And if you disbelieve, read. And don't let that day be the first day you find out what your life really means. Read. وَلَوْ تَرَى إِذْ وُقِفُوا عَلَى فقالوا يا ليتنا نرد ولا نكذب بآيات ربنا ونكون من المؤمنين بل بدا لهم ما كانوا يخفون من قبل ولو ردوا لعادوا لما نهوا عنه وإنهم لكاذبون وقالوا إن هي إلا حياتنا الدنيا وما نحن بمبعوثين So this life is not just the life of this dunya There is akhirah as well وقالوا إن هي إلا حياتنا الدنيا وما نحن بمبعوثين But many people say this life is only this present life and there is no resurrection And this is a false belief, a dangerous belief. Something that will take people into the greatest depths of hellfire. It's not something small. وَلَوْ تَرَى And if only you could see. إِذْ وُقِفُوا عَلَى رَبِّهِمْ When they will be made to stand before their Lord. قَالَ He will ask. He will say. أَلَيْسَ هَذَا بِالْحَقِّ Is this not true? This resurrection, this judgment, This accounting, is this not true? Qalu, they will say, Bala, of course it is true. Yes, why not our Lord? It is true. Warabbina, by our Lord, it is true. Definitely it is true. Obviously, if a person has seen it with his own eyes, then he has nothing but to say, of course it's true. The real test is now that do you believe his verses, his statements, and say, yes, it is true? Because if you say, yes, it is true now, then this claim will be helpful. Then the speech will be helpful in the hereafter. And if a person says, no, it's not true, then in the hereafter he can say, it is true many times, but it's of no use. قَالَ He will say, فَذُوقُ الْعَذَابِ So taste the punishment. بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَكْفُرُونَ Because of the disbelief that you used to commit. So many times you were told, The same thing, but she said, no, it's not true. There's no resurrection, no akhirah, no jannah, no naar. Now you say it is true, this confession is of no help. Taste the punishment because of the disbelief that you used to commit. Qad khasira. Certainly he has suffered loss. 
He's a great failure. Who? الَّذِينَ كَذَّبُوا بِلِقَاءِ اللَّهِ Those people who have denied the meeting with Allah. What is the meeting with Allah? When will that happen? In the hereafter. So the people who reject the hereafter, they have suffered a great loss. حَتَّى until إِذَا جَاءَتْهُمُ السَّاعَةُ بَغْتَةً Until the hour will come to them, Baghta, baghta, is when something comes unexpectedly, all of a sudden. So you weren't expecting it at all. So just like that, the hour will come upon them unexpectedly. They weren't expecting it, and all of a sudden it will come upon them. What does the sa'ah refer to? Sa'ah refers to death, and it also refers to the day of judgment. Because death is also the beginning of the hereafter. Because mamata فَقَدْ قَامَتْ قِيَامَتُهُ The one who dies, then his judgment has established. It has been established. It has already begun. So they are living their lives busy, happy, enjoying themselves, fulfilling their desires, and then all of a sudden, death comes to them. Unexpectedly, such people are great losers. Because at that time, قَالُوا They will say, يَا حَسْرَتَنَا Oh, our regret. Meaning, how much is our regret? Over what? Ala over ma farratuna fiha. That which we neglected concerning it. Farratuna farrata. Tafrit is to fall short, to neglect something. So we neglected this life of ours. How? That we didn't prepare for it. We fell short in preparing for the hereafter, the real life. They will say, we wish we had done something. We wish we had prepared. We wish we had prepared for this day. And ask yourself right now, are you prepared to die? Are we prepared to die? That when the angel of death comes, what are going to be our words? I wish I had done something. I really failed in my life. I didn't take advantage of the time that I was given. يَا حَسْرَتَنَا عَلَى مَا فَرَّطْنَا فِيهَا وَهُمْ يَحْمِلُونَ أَوْزَارَهُمْ But their words of regret will not benefit them. Because they will carry their burdens. أَوْزَار plural of wizard. Burden. They will be carrying their burdens. عَلَى ظُهُورِهِمْ On their backs. What is it that they will be carrying on their backs? What is this burden? The burden of sin. The burdens of sins that they've been accumulating all their lives. Because remember, whatever deed we're doing, it's going to take a tangible form in the hereafter, a physical form in the hereafter. So a sin that a person commits, it's like a burden he is preparing for himself in the hereafter that he will have to carry on their backs, plural of lahar. So the deeds that we commit, they're like stuck to us. We won't be able to get away from them on the Day of Judgment. If it's good, it will make a person happy and proud. And if it's bad, he will have to carry it on his back. Allah says, Allah, unquestionably, Sa'ama yazirun. How evil it is that they are carrying. Meaning what an evil burden it is that they are carrying. In Tafsir ibn Kathir, a suddi he is reported to have said that upon entering his grave, every unjust person will meet a man with an ugly face. Ugly face. Awful smell, wearing dirty clothes, and horrific appearance. And he will enter his grave. And when the person will see him, he will say, How ugly is your face? That man will reply, So was your work. It was ugly. The unjust person will say, How foul is the smell coming from you? He will reply, Such was the case with your work. It smelled really bad. 
The unjust person will say, how dirty are your clothes? He will say, and your work too was dirty. Your actions too were very filthy. The unjust person will ask, who are you? He will reply, I am your deeds. So he will remain with this unjust person in his grave. And when he is resurrected on the day of judgment, he will come to him and say, in the life of the world, I used to carry you because you followed your desire and lust. And today, you carry me. You carry me. This ugliness, this smell, this stench that you want to get away from. I am your deeds. In the dunya, I carried you. You enjoyed me. And today, you will carry me. And this itself will be a humiliation. So whatever we do sticks to us. Whatever we do, we are recognized by that. Everyone is known for something or the other. What kind of deeds are we committing? What are we known for? Allah says, وَمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا And the life of this world is not illa except لَعِبٌ وَلَهُونَ Amusement and diversion. لَعِب Play, sport, physical exercise, and لَهُ Distraction of the heart. So this life is what? Like a game. It physically keeps you busy and occupied, and it distracts your heart. Just like when a game is going on, people are physically busy, and their hearts are distracted. It's the most important thing. But when it's over, it's over. It's just temporary. Just like that. The life of this world is as temporary as a game. As apparently important, but in reality unimportant as a game. الْآخِرَةِ And surely the home of the hereafter, it is khayrun, it is much better. لِلَّذِينَ يَتَّقُونَ For those people who have taqwa. So that's what you should aim for. أَفَلَا تَعْقِلُونَ Allah asks us, do you not understand? Do you not use your mind? Meaning, use your mind. Why are you going for this temporary life? Aim for the akhirah. That should be your focus. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq to really realize what is important, what is necessary, so that we spend our lives, our free moments, our time preparing for that. Not that we are distracted by this life, busy with it. Recitation. وَلَوْ تَرَى إِذْ وُقِفُوا عَلَى النَّارِ فَقَالُوا فَقَالُوا يَا لَيْتَنَا نُرَدُّ وَلَا نُكَذِّبَ بِآيَاتِ رَبِّنَا وَنَكُونَ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ بَلْ بَدَا لَهُمْ مَا كَانُوا يُخْفُونَ مِنْ قَبْلِ وَلَوْ رُدُّوا لَعَادُوا لِمَا نُهُوا عَنْهُ وَإِنَّهُمْ لَكَاذِبُونَ وَقَالُوا إِنْ هِيَ إِلَّا حَيَاتُنَا الدُّنْيَا وَمَا نَحْنُ بِمَبْعُوثِينَ وَلَوْ تَرَى إِذْ وُقِفُوا عَلَى رَبِّهِمْ قَالَ أَلَيْسَ هَذَا بِالْحَقِّ قَالُوا بَلَى وَرَبِّنَا قَالَ فَذُوقُوا الْعَذَابَ بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَكْفُرُونَ قَدْ خَسِرَ الَّذِينَ كَذَّبُوا بِلِقَاءِ اللَّهِ حَتَّى إِذَا جَاءَتْهُمُ السَّاعَةُ بَغْتَةً قَالُوا يَا حَسْرَتَنَا 
قالوا يا حسرتنا على ما فرطنا فيها وهم يحملون اوزارهم على ظهورهم الا ساء ما يزرون وما الحياه الدنيا الا لعب وله وَلَلدَّارُ الْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ لِّلَّذِينَ يَتَّقُونَ أَفَلَا تَعْقِلُونَ